I remember how happy I was and thrilled and 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 it turned out that there was a snowstorm <laughs> down near New York City and New Jersey and Long Island and Southern New England for my first day. But I was working on that forecast from nine o'clock in the morning until 3.45 in the afternoon. Hi there, it's WIMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WIMC News Podcast, we speak with WIMC meteorologist Paul Cayano about his promotion to chief meteorologist at News Channel 13. Listeners to this station count on hearing the regional weather forecast each day at 6.52 a.m. and during Midday Magazine. Trust me, they really count on it. But meteorologist Paul Cayano got some big news at his home station the other day. As he nears 30 years at News Channel 13, WNYT, Cayano was named chief meteorologist, a bit of ceremony that allowed the broadcaster to air some early 90s B-roll. All right, here's my conversation with Paul Cayano. Hi, Ian. Good to talk to you. Congratulations on the promotion. What does it entail exactly? Well, I'll be taking over more of the, uh, the, let's say, overseeing of the weather department to make sure that we have the appropriate equipment that we need every day because that's always changing with technology and making sure that our staff is fully equipped with the best tools to, to do the job. Uh, that's primarily what it is. Of course, the weather doesn't change, so I don't, you know, I'm not blessed with any additional forecasting talents, which I wish I was. But uh, as far as my day to day, what you see on the air, it's not that much of a change. So uh, tell us about your path to this uh, position as chief meteorologist. You've really been at 13 since you were, what, right out of college? Yeah, I graduated UAlbany in May of 93, and I started here at WNYT in July of 93 as a fill-in meteorologist. Then by November of that year, they gave me the weekend position, and I did that for seven years. And I think what most everyone will remember, and really it was what made me, I guess, more uh, well-known throughout the region, is the role when I took over for Norm Sebastian, who passed away in late 2000 as the station's morning meteorologist. And I did that from 2000 until 2017. What interested you about the weather and being a meteorologist? Oh boy, there's so many things. I mean, first of all, I always loved math and science. But I think more than anything, as far as weather goes, when I was a kid, I mean, elementary school, junior high school, it always fascinated me why certain things happen. You know, you look up in the sky and you wonder why are these clouds the way they are and why is it storming today and the next day it was sunny. And I always wanted to answer those questions. And, and, and like any other kid, I wanted to know if we were going to have a snow day the next day. So those were my initial reasons. But uh, I think uh, prominent uh, weather events, ones that go down in history, like Hurricane Gloria. I grew up down in New Rochelle in Westchester County, so it was close to Long Island Sound. So we got some pretty good storms. We got uh, hurricanes, Hurricane David in, or what was left of it anyway, in the late 70s. We had a couple of blizzards in the late 70s. And then when I was in ninth grade, um, I was in an earth science class, and I just absolutely loved it. The teacher was phenomenal. I was the chief meteorologist in that class <laughs> for our weather unit, and Hurricane Gloria came through. 
and it, and it basically ravaged southern New York, Long Island, and New England. And that was in 1985. And I think that's what really cemented it in me that this is what I wanted to do. And at UAlbany, you were a Mike Landon protege, right? Yeah, I have a funny story about that because obviously our listeners will know Mike Landon and uh, know that I, I took over after he finished you know, his tenure here uh, doing the weather report. And what was interesting to me is that there was a note on the wall that said that they needed people to do the radio for the afternoon drive for WAMC. And this was my freshman year, 1989. And I remember I bugging Mike Landon that whole fall semester, September, October. And he's like, you're a freshman. You're not going to do the radio. This is for seniors and for graduate students to get some experience doing this stuff. So I, I pleaded with him. And then finally, there was a day, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and nobody was around. It was going to be a ghost town at the university. So Mike said, hey, do you want to do the radio that day? And I, was, I, I remember how happy I was and thrilled. And, and, and it turned out that there was a snowstorm <laughs> down near New York City and New Jersey and Long Island and southern New England for my first day. But I was working on that forecast from 9 o'clock in the morning until 3.45 in the afternoon but that was actually the first time I was ever on the air, whether it be radio or television, ever. Wow. Well, earlier you mentioned that part of your job as chief meteorologist now at the TV station is going to be staying up on uh, the latest technology and that kind of thing. Has forecasting the weather gotten um, easier or more accurate since you started? Absolutely. I, I mean, I wouldn't say easier, but I certainly would say more accurate, and that's because of the technology mainly. And what, what, the way I like to look at it is, you know, back when I first started in television 30 years ago or when I was at UAlbany right before that, you could take a look at a, a five-day forecast and, you know, it wasn't very accurate. And nowadays, a, a, a seven-day forecast is more accurate than the five-day forecasts were back then in a and a three-day forecast is more accurate uh, than, than, than the next day's forecast. It, it, it's, just, it's just by leaps and bounds, and it has everything to do with our computer processing speeds and the computer models that we use. How do you approach doing it for the radio versus TV? With uh, your job at Channel 13, there's obviously you know a lot of graphics and radar screens and things you can show. On the radio, it's all down to what you're saying. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you this, I do look at some satellites and radars and, and so forth while I am doing the radio feed, and it helps me sort of paint the picture, if you will. I, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, and I used to listen to, to Yankee games on the radio, and as well as TV, but sometimes they just weren't on, and, and I realized what doing the radio, what the difference was. You, you actually have to be the eyes of the listener. And I feel like what I'm trying to do when I'm giving the weather report is, is explain a map that's in front of me. And, and yes, it takes some knowledge of geography and, and, and so forth, but I, I'm sure our listeners are aware of that. And, and I try to, to put things in a little more detail about where things are, where things are going, and who's going to get what. 
What's been the key to your longevity as a broadcaster? I mean, even um, in our market, you know, there is a ton of turnover. People uh, are leaving for other markets. They get fired. I mean, this stuff is just part of it. How have you lasted this long? It's just the passion. I mean, I not that others don't have passion. It's just that, I. well, first of all, I love the area. And I got married here. I raised my family here. We built a house here. So, so the capital region became home for me and I love it. It's, it's in a, it's a great location. And, and as far as the weather aspect of it goes, you cannot get any more challenging weather forecasts than you can here in the Northeast. And as a result, it keeps the juices flowing. You know, it keeps that passion going as we get into you know, the different seasons, it always has something new to offer. And it's kind of refreshing from season to season to get that revival of the type of weather that comes with that season. And that keeps me going. I don't mind because I do not like winter. But is it bizarre to you uh, to look around as we speak here in mid-January and not see any snow on the ground? Well, I, if you ask me 15, 20 years ago, I would say yes. But nowadays with climate change, um, and, and I'm not saying that's the only reason why it's like this, but patterns are changing. And uh, last year was, was similar to this year. And with the El Nino pattern and the La Nina pattern that we have this year, it does not surprise me that we've had an overall lack of snow. But sure, I mean, we're going through the middle, the heart of winter when we typically have our biggest snowstorms here in, in the early to mid stages of January. With no snow on the ground, it's certainly unusual, but I don't think anything surprises me anymore when it comes to what we see weather-wise from season to season. Okay, last thing, Paul. Um, have you ever been to Nunavut Territory? <laughs> I have not. Do you have tickets for me? I'd love to go. <laughs> Paul Cayano, WAMC's meteorologist and now the chief meteorologist at WNYT. Uh, congratulations, Paul. Uh, thanks for what you do for us, and thank you for taking a few minutes. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. Okay, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus. <laughs>